Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. So we are here at Gallifrey One, and probably the best thing about Gallifrey One is that we get to podcast in person with people. Oh, I thought it was the, the little ribbons that we get that I already have lights of. <laughs> but one of course, we have a special guest, a L.A. Denizen, and of course, fellow host here on the Nerd Party, and that is Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, how are you doing? Hey! I've had a few shots of vodka at this point, so I'm doing great. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. Hey, you know, you know what? I'm spending time with you guys. We're having a fantastic evening together. It's good to be here. Right, and one of the things about you, Char, not to put you on the spotlight here, is that... <laughs> Please do. You it's it's going to be the spotlight. Right. Is that you were new to Doctor Who. Yes, I am. I mean, it's all your fault, too, because you were the one who said, hey, if there's any season where you should start watching the show, it's this new season with... Jodie Whittaker and the 11th Doctor, okay, I'm going to do it. And I did. And then you said, but don't stop there. What's the, and I <laughs> said, what's the next entry point? And you said, well, you, there's a few avenues you could go. And we ultimately decided mutually on the 9th Doctor. Mm -hmm. And so I've watched a couple of episodes of that now. Well, the first one's always free. So. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes. Now, of course, we've had you on to talk about some 13 Doctor episodes, but having sat with it for a moment. And but not in person. Right. We, ha true. we haven't had her in the room. Right. What we were talking about. Yeah. So, but over, and you, have, you told me earlier you have not seen the New Year's special. So, other no, than I that, hadn't. but overall, having seen, I suppose, the proper season, quote unquote. What have you thought of the 13th Doctor, and really Doctor Who as a whole, and we'll go into your 9th Doctor introduction later, but just as the 13th Doctor, which is what you knew of Doctor Who, what would you think? I mean, as a season overall, I thought it had its ups and downs. There were some episodes that I really enjoyed. There were others that I thought were just kind of, oh, okay, whatever, next. Mm -hmm. Thank you, next. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank yeah. you, next. Thank <laughs> you, Ariana so Grande, for that yeah. phrase there. Yeah. Uh -huh. You, you've made all of us very hip. <laughs> and, yeah, there were, I mean, it felt like a first season that was getting its footing. Mm -hmm. And that's how I treated it. And I thought, I'm going to forgive certain things about this just because this thing needs to figure out what it is. And I'm not a diehard Doctor Who fan. I'm there for the ride. I'm there to just kind of casually observe and see what it is. I'm not taking into account every little detail at this point. I'm no expert. Mm. I'm just enjoying it for what it is. And you know what? Overall, I enjoyed it for what it was. Sure. Are you looking forward to the next season? Definitely. And what were your high points? I really love it when they do time travel on Doctor Who. I loved going into the past. I would love to see them go into the future a little more. Um, the, the, like the creepy crawly stuff doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm not really into the big bad enemy of the week. I prefer more of the time episodes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and coming from a, well, I mean, I know you have many fandoms, but of course Star Trek is probably one we at least know most here on the network. But yeah. like, what do you sort of think of this whole Doctor Who phenomenon? I mean, I know you, there's a 50 year plus history, but just based <laughs> on what you're getting, what do you sort of think of the whole concept of Doctor Who? 
You know, I feel like this is a show that I'm going to watch and I'm not going to maybe take it too terribly seriously where I have to stretch my suspension of belief to just kind of go with whatever the story is telling me and get out of it whatever I will. I'm never going to be an expert in this show, I don't think. And that's okay. I'm totally cool with that. In fact, I think I'm going to prefer it that way where Doctor Who is going to be the show that I watch casually and I enjoy it because I just want to watch it whenever I do watch it. Whereas with Star Trek, I've watched so many things so many times over and over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't help but get it bothered by some of the technicalities or this and that and random things that really, I mean, do they matter? I don't even know. <laughs> At this point, after 50-something years, mm-hmm. it gets very convoluted. Also, toxic fan bases are a thing. Star Trek has it. I'm sure Doctor Who has mm-hmm. it. I don't really participate in that sort of a thing with Doctor Who. And so, you know what? I'm just kind of going with whatever I enjoy. Well, I don't know if you know that Doctor Who's a woman now. and that's, Oh, really? That's that's too different. That's, I'm not oh, watching. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, hashtag not my doctor. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're doing they're this so crap. They're so PC, you know, what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's been a man. And why does it need to be a woman? Oh, and now they just want to do messages. Forbid. And ugh. Because heaven forbid, it's always been a 50-50 chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, after, so, and after 12. I mean, the we coin need. turned. We should have several female doctors after this point, just to even <laughs> yes. the score. For 50 okay? years. Yeah. Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, when David Tennant was interviewing Whoopi Goldberg on his podcast, uh-huh. she said, she wanted to be, particularly around the Eighth Doctor when it was very American. She was like, "I can be a doctor." She sort of submitted her oh, resume, right? Oh, Whoopi Goldberg is a doctor. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Holy Not only crap. a woman, but an, a woman of color and an American yes. woman, an American, <laughs> and an American talking oh. about blowing the Twitter mind. Oh, holy crap! I don't think. The Twitterverse can handle no. that, but you know what? I'm so on board. <laughs> She's been great. I love Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. I really do. I mean, she's a lot of fun. Philip, you and I, we got to see her at Star Trek Las Vegas in mm-hmm. 2016. She was nothing but gracious and a lot of fun. And I feel like she would be great as a doctor. She would be a yeah. very unique doctor. Yep. Would a lot of people hate her for that? Oh, sure. But would she give a crap? No. And those of us who loved her would love her. And you know what? That would be fantastic. So when Jenny Whitaker has finished her three-year run or whatever she does, I want Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg (laughs) might be the next choice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Because by then, I mean, Whoopi will be... She's, I don't, I don't I mean, know she's how older. old she is, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I she's mean, she's a much older doctor. But, she's, oh, she'd blow your freaking mind. She'd blow your freaking mind. She is quote unquote past that so called prime, yeah. right? Where maybe she'd be in her 60s by then. Maybe she already is. I really don't I, even yeah, know her I age. I thought so. But who cares? Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Now, one thing about sci fi generally with science fiction is that, you know, it's sort of a lot of. Outside Star Trek tends to be a bit dystopian. What do you feel the tone of Doctor Who is? Again, it's a British show, so a different culture. What do you sort of think of the tone of them? I don't feel like it really treads on anything too optimistic or too dark. Mm-hmm. It sort of has like this level playing field where it, it, it has certain levels of low that it'll hit, but it's not drastic dystopian low. Mm-hmm. 
Um, even though you introduced me to the Ninth Doctor and I watched through episode two mm-hmm. so far, where they were talking about the end of the world, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of that level where it's it's bad, but it's not so bad. There's always a certain level of optimism it hits, mm-hmm. and then it sort of levels out. It's always good. And, and as you've gotten into Doctor Who, Jessica, what have sort of you thought about the tone compared to other shows, both in and out of sci-fi? Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with Char, is that it never, and and obviously at the minute, dystopian sci-fi is the place to be. Uh, Yeah. Well, for some of us, I don't know about you, I'm tired of it. Yeah, and I would agree with that, but I, 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 I agree that Doctor Who tends to sort of dip in that direction uh-huh. and then pull right back out of it. I would say that it dips into the realism aspect of mm. that part of life and yet manages to keep things more optimistic than not. If not optimistic, it's at least keeping things at kind of a normalized level mm. to where we feel okay at the end of things. Yes. Which may be an important thing to feel at this point in time. And you know what? As a casual viewer, I feel very good with that. Where I can Mm. come out of an episode not feeling like, oh my god, the world is ending and I just want to die. Or, oh hell yeah, everything's great. now we have to choose who's going to die. I don't know. No. You know what? No, I don't really want that out of my entertainment anymore. No. Feeling okay is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, how... Having seen two of the ninth Doctor, yeah, so yeah. let's go into that. And, so. Yeah, and all of the thirteenth. Yeah, how do they compare? Well, I, yeah, I found some marketed differences where after watching the first episode of the two thousand five season, you know, I've kind of felt like, well, the Doctor is a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> is it the ovaries? Or lack Maybe. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I do feel like the 13th Doctor is a little more compassionate mm-hmm. toward mm-hmm. her companions overall. Now, that said, I've only watched two episodes of the 2005 season, and I did notice in the second episode there was a little more compassion. The first episode, however, let's track back a little bit. Yep, Rose. Um, yeah, it was more like the Doctor was, okay, this is what I'm going to go do, and if you want to join me, that's cool, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like he didn't really necessarily care that much for Rose at that time. However, by episode two, there was definitely much more empathy for what she was going through because he realized just how different of a situation she had been thrust into. I mean, she was watching the end of the world. She had realized that her humanity was absolutely just like gone. Her mom was dead. Anybody she knew in her world was gone. And she was in this world that was so completely different from what she was used to. It was a massive adjustment for her. I'm glad they acknowledged that, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, I understand if this is overwhelming, if it's too much for you, here is your out. You can leave right now. And then she did choose to stay, which was great. I felt it was really important to acknowledge that. But Mm. I I think for the average person, we would feel very much like Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) if we were just suddenly thrust into this weird world and we didn't understand what was going on. And yet, is it fun? Oh, heck yes, it is. Absolutely. If you're open to the experience, which I think Rose is, which is why she ultimately chose to keep going, Mm -hmm. despite the danger. Because it was far more interesting than what she had in her life. 
I mean, her poor mother. I mean, she's just going to think Jackie that her daughter has a long Jackie. hangover the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Where you at a bit late, mate? <laughs> really? I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't blame her, her one bit. Her boyfriend? Whatever. Ricky Mickey? Yeah. Oh, he's just going to find somebody else. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So, having seen the 13th Doctor. I mean, he is, but. <laughs> that's later down the line and you'll find out yeah, okay but, so we're gonna check in is that it uh, that's no, kind no of spoilers cool. now no spoilers okay no, so no, I'm spoilers just saying, darling yes we're yeah. gonna check in yeah so having seen the 13th doctor and having seen two episodes of the ninth doctor what are your questions well uh, i'm i so guess any questions about the doctor in, although uh, can, I, can yeah. I just say yeah. we will pause this at some point to show you a little bit of billy piper yeah. Okay, yes, because... Uh, I promised to do that, and I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I already confessed off mic that I do not know anything about this actress's past history and what she's been a part of or not, and therefore, there's a lot of things I need to learn. <laughs> probably the fact that this is her first time being an actress. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, okay. I sort of want to pause here. Okay, we can. So, so, we're, we can so listeners, we're going to pause... And then off mic, we're going to explain to Shar who Billy Piper is, and then we'll come back and see her reaction <laughs> okay. upon being told that she's now being the companion for Doctor Who. And pause. All right, so we've now shown Shar the music video from Billy Piper's Top of the Pops hit. And discussed briefly her first marriage. Right. So, <laughs> imagine you're, you know, so, so Star Trek, you know, whatever you want to pick here. You're a fan of this franchise. It's been dead for approximately a decade. I'm not doing the real math here. But it's coming back. It's coming back. Uh, Chris Eccleston. Who is a theater actor. Movies. It was Elizabeth, the movie with Kate Blanchett, who's been stage presence. Who is who is a name in in British definitely acting? Definitely a name. And then so you're like, okay, that's a great, great. And then great for his catch. companion, the one hit wonder Billy Piper, <laughs> the pop star who married Chris Evans for a little while, but not the Captain America Chris Evans, the right presenter for Britain and. <laughs> no, not the Captain America. <laughs> not the crew of sevens most people know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I could get on board with the Captain America. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, when you put it into context, it is an unusual pairing, putting this very accomplished actor with this one-hit wonder pop star. It's like playing the first officer of the ship. Wondering, like, okay, does she even have the chops to be the second fiddle on this show? I do find it an interesting combination. Now, however, not knowing any of that, watching the first two episodes, I thought nothing of it, and I thought just that's Rose, that's who she is, and I thought she did a fine job. No, and I and, yeah. it really doesn't taint yeah. my no, perception no. of her. And you've only seen two episodes, but I mean, she's great. She's great as Rose. I mean, she really, she does have the chops. Rose. Yeah, she she apparently. I mean, she can show up and do a good job. Maybe it's that whole teen pop star stigma that's getting her is just we don't expect much from it because mm -hmm. it's just it's bubblegum pop and you're going to dance around and bop around you're going to wear a halter top and show off your midriff whatever apparently there's Britney more Spears is starring as the <laughs> XL <laughs> yeah. right right and, and it's I mean something that we've talked about a few times with this reboot the idea because Christopher Eccleston despite being a very well-known trained 
theater performer. He is very northern. Uh huh. He is. Hence the the line in the first episode. Lots of planets have a north. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Um, and very sort of rough around the edges. And Billy Piper has that as well. And uh-huh. the idea, sort of quote unquote, if we're making some American terms, blue collar. Yes, that they were going for much more blue collar to appeal to the Coronation Street sort of soap opera e. Uh, and, and British soap opera, which is much more blue collar. General audience. General audience. Okay. Outside okay. of the posh city urban. Yeah. So they're going was... for mass appeal here. Yes. Yes. That is okay. that is my perspective with those two in their casting is that, yeah. Okay. I mean, really, if you're making that decision as a casting director, then you've done your job. And so, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to give you the same experience that a person watching Doctor Who would have had it as you are. Yeah. So, you're watching this first episode, and you're like, oh, right, this is great. Or, I don't know, it's your opinion. You'll go. And then the news comes out, Chris Eccleston's leaving the show. Uh-huh. And you're probably thinking, hooray, that's fantastic. Great person, right? Yep. And so, uh-huh. the news, after the first episode premieres, Chris Eccleston's leaving. What? <laughs> Why? Does that happen that quickly? Happens that quickly. Wow. What the hell happened? Wow. Because they shot the whole I mean, I don't have everything in front of me, but generally speaking, you know, they shoot early. Uh-huh. Seasons in the can. And they gave him a one year contract and he's like, Well, I got other right, sh- I'm off. stuff to do. And so, uh-huh. and 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 that was I mean, he had booked all of those things because he didn't know if it was gonna work. It had been out of commission. And right. He's thinking it won't work. He's going to do one or two, Again, and then you know what? Old franchise. He's going to do the whole season, but it's not going to necessarily. He's picked up his paycheck. Jobs are good, and all and they've given him a one-year contract. They haven't given him a three-year option or something, or you know, sure. seven, six-year like they would do in Next Generation or something <laughs> like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so the ninth doctor, and he had booked other things. You know, when it turned <laughs> out to be a thing that was viable, viable. I mean, it, he he just did not see the writing on the wall. I guess nobody predicted that it would make this massive comeback that it did. And, and they were then, also afraid to make BBC or whoever the powers that be were afraid to make the gamble of. Get we'll give you a two-year, three-year. Yeah. Because yeah. they're also saying, we don't know if this will be a hit again. And he wasn't prepared to make the gamble, so he was out booking other gigs. Right, right. I mean, he had to he's a movie do star what was best for him. Time, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So then I guess that was that. Well, that's a little it. disappointing, and yeah, I completely see the, I completely see where he's coming from. I mean, he's got to you know, think about his career, too, and at the same time, I'm just... I'm a little disappointed as a fan just because in the two episodes I've seen, yeah. I like this doctor. Mm. And, then yeah. how, and then, so go back to Jessica's question. What is the difference between 9 and 13? I know you said the compassion element. Anything else other than gender, of course? Uh, Any it, other? It seems to be a little more about him uh-huh. than it is about the companions, just in terms of him thinking through things. He's not necessarily thinking with them. He's thinking just with himself. Mm. And... So it's a little more like, okay, I'm the mastermind, I'm the brains of this operation, you can come with me, and we're we're going to go on an adventure. But you're going to stand next to me, not right. necessarily. Now, I, I mean, I really, I've not seen a point where maybe Rose is going to come in with some great idea just yet, with the doctor, and bouncing ideas back and forth, and thinking together. 
it doesn't seem to be that way at all. Whereas I think with the 13th doctor, she would, for one, I think be much more open to that. And two, she would love that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I really want to say we got to get Shar back. Once yeah, once she's, she's done. Of course. Some more. <laughs> I, I want to see how, yeah, once it starts to grow. And I, and I know you haven't seen any doctor. Hashtag spoilers. <laughs> you haven't seen any right, doctor right. deaths or regenerations or this whole bit. No. The whole concept of the show. But, and again, this is a little unfair to you. You've only seen two episodes of nine. But do right. you buy into the episode that this is the same character? Yes. I do see enough similarities to where this is another incarnation of the doctor. And I, I kind of am, am enjoying the different ways that they're introducing, even though I've only seen two at this mm. point. But, like, one of the more stark differences I saw was in 2005 Doctor Who, it was much more you're getting thrown into the action, and off you go, and you're going on an adventure. And then in the 2018, you know, 13th Doctor, it's much more let's set the stage. Here are our characters. Here are some of the big storylines. We're going to kill off Grace and we're going to make you sad about that because that's going to be kind of one of the bigger overarching themes of this first season at the very least. And that everybody dies? <laughs> it's cer- it, I mean, certainly the guests of the week really mm-hmm. don't seem to stand a chance at all on this show ever. Although Mr. Big <laughs> survives. I mean, I just well, want to say that. I mean, you know, give it time. Maybe next season. He may come back and die off. He, yeah. I think he should. Yeah. Now I'm looking forward <laughs> to you? I'm looking Looking forward to Chris Knopf coming to a Doctor Who convention, just as I'm from Doctor Who. Like, no, you're from many things. Now, question: Do you think? I mean, you came in on 13. Yes. And Chibnall's whole purpose was let's bring in new viewers. Uh-huh. Let's gear this season towards bringing in to, in new. And you were talking about. The ninth Doctor, you come in hellbent for leather, off you pop. Yeah. Do you think if you had started with the ninth Doctor, you would have stuck with it at that point? Or would it have been too much? What? No, I think both are great introductions to the Doctor Who franchise. So if you're looking for somebody who wants a really intense adventure, introduce them to nine. If you want somebody who wants a little more slower storytelling, 13th is going to be great. I appreciate them both for different reasons. Um, And I'm curious to know as I go through and I see the introduction of other doctors Mm -hmm. going forward, how each one differentiates just a little bit, introducing kind of the regeneration and the starting of a new story. Mm. How are they all just a little bit different and yet telling some of the same stories? Oh, I can't wait till she sees (laughs) the war doctor. Yeah, because there's interesting things (laughs) of where you will have a doctor regenerate and have the same companion. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So it's the same companion with two different doctors. Interesting. Other times you'll have a clean break where it's just reset totally. Like with the 13th doctor, everything... Yeah. White page, starting from yeah. zero. All brand new. And the same thing with the Ninth Doctor, obviously. Yeah. You get a completely blank yeah, slate. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, a small spoiler, but once the Ninth Doctor regenerates, Rose stays. And so that... Okay. Watching that, her move from the Ninth Doctor to the Tenth Doctor. and, and You know what? That. That's <laughs> exciting because it's going to be interesting to see how... She interacts with that next doctor mm-hmm. as opposed to this doctor because these two, the ninth doctor and Rose, they have um, immense chemistry. I mean, even before it was official, I knew that that she was going to be the companion mm. just by the way they got on. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which, uh, 
Because I think in oh, some ways... and can't you can't wait to you say your Because <laughs> uh, you can correct me, for, but like with the 13th Doctor, I don't know if there's necessarily a companion who's a audience stand-in versus Rose mm. clearly is, you know, she's the main character because the name Rose is the first episode. Yeah. She is you introducing you to the Doctor, whereas 13 is like, yeah, it's everyone. You know, yeah, that's a very interesting dynamic. Rose is the stand-in for the audience, whereas I feel like, in a way, for the 13th Doctor, her companions are her team. Right. Team TARDIS. Team TARDIS. I mean, hello, Hashtag fam. fam. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they're the fam. And you know what? I, yeah, that's... Those are different things, and yet I'm appreciating them for what they are. Because mm-hmm. that'll be interesting with Rose having to deal with the regeneration of a new doctor and a new doctor will have to take you to accept that this is the same person. Right. You know, and so whether that's oh, yeah. successful or not. You know, How's that going to go? You know? Right. Because we were talking earlier, all the way back to the very, very, very beginning, when the first doctor regenerated, not that they called it that back then, but into the second doctor, we were talking about the fact that they there were two companions, Ben and Polly, uh-huh. And they, the writer set up that Polly was like, oh, well, that's the doctor. And Ben was like, who the heck is this dude? And so you had them in that first serial. Both sides of the audience. One set who were, yes, yep, still the doctor. And uh-huh. another set that was like, I don't think it is. And oh, boy. So is that setting a trend for things as they've gone along? Yeah. And they, I mean, it sort of, they vary. Because, again, Rose sticks through that regeneration. And then the gener- regeneration following that, clean slate. And then... After the 11th Doctor mm-hmm. regenerates, his companion stays with the 12th Doctor, and it's a whole different Because you get the showrunners, because right now with the 9th Doctor, you're Russell T. Davies, who rebooted the show. Reboot's not the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. Redid the show, restarted it, resuscitated uh-huh. the franchise might be the better word. Because, uh-huh. you know, it's obvious, it's still keeping, you know, the numbers are still the same. It's not like it rebooted from zero. Sure. It's the last Doctor was eight, so now we're on nine, and we're just keeping on going and making it new. But then Russell will go um, for a while, and then um, Stephen Moffat will take over with the 11th, and then Chris Chibnall will take over for 13, and so then we go from there. Right, and then somebody else in the future at some point. Yeah. Now, I'm very curious, as a new fan, when there is a clean break, why does the companion leave? I think, I mean, in my opinion, it would be just that the new producer just wants to... Well, yeah, I mean, and, not the logistics but, but behind the scenes. Story-wise, I mean, I think oh. by the time that the Tenth Doctor regenerates... Watch spoilers now. Well, no, not necessarily, I don't think. He has he has been through several sort of smaller... Adventures. Adventures with companions. Okay. And so there isn't necessarily... Yeah, there's, there's this great clip, and I can't find it, and I've seen it before... It's an 11th Doctor when... I'm talking to Jessica here for a second. It's when the 11th Doctor's talking to Brian, Roy's dad. Mm. And and Brian's saying, you know, are you, you need to take care of them. You know, and and what happened to the rest of them? He's basically saying, you know, the Doctor who's... It's the father of one of the companions who've been disappearing, of course, in time and space. And he's concerned. What sure. happens to your companions? And the Doctor, the 11th Doctor, says some of them leave. Some of them move on, and some of them have died. Okay, uh-huh. And so that's sort of that 
harsh reality that he's telling to this parent of the companions that this is the risk you take. Right. Well, I mean, and I, and I feel like, though, when the Tenth Doctor regenerates, he doesn't have necessarily a full-time companion at that particular moment. No. Yeah, okay. and it's just interesting how all the production works with <laughs> oh, those Brits, um, with how production works. Uh, because, and this is not, because you'll forget this by the time you get there, but like, you know, uh, with the 10th... Except you know, it's all on audio. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you need to remember, oh, it's like, we're we not the silence, yeah, yeah, darling. We, we to know that. So 10th Doctor had a lot of, like, TV movies, for lack of a better word, in his last season. Okay. So he, like, proper season, proper season, proper season, and then here's, like, three TV movies. Okay. Um, or all specials, right, or whatever right. you want to call it. Uh-huh. And then 11th Doctor sort of did the Battlestar Galactica half season season. Okay. You know, for a year it'd be half a season, the next year it'd be half a you know, and that which is very annoying. Um, but then, of course, you'll, well, you'll... only to Americans because British TV loves to change structure all the time. They do. Oh, yeah. And so, it's so very much. annoying. Um, but then, of course, eventually, not yet, but eventually, when you'll get to the Doctor Who Christmas special. Oh, which is yes, a I've heard annual about tradition. these. Now, because uh-huh. with the 13th Doctor, here's was a New Year special, and that was a little bit of a change in the franchise that was shaking things up. <laughs> yeah, and I have not watched that yet. I don't know why I skipped it, but I just, I don't know. I didn't sure. quite get there. I don't know. Yeah. And that will introduce it's, you. It's worth looking at. It'll introduce you. Yeah, I know you're a newbie, um, but you'll get to it eventually with nine. That'll introduce you to the Daleks, which is the infamous villain of Doctor okay. Who. Okay, right. And which right. is what I, my dress, my Dalek dress. For Gollum. Yeah, I theoretically know that these are... Like alien, evil, mm-hmm. you know, enemies. But I do not know much more about them beyond that at this mm-hmm. point. And so uh, I saw something on Instagram, which doesn't mean it's true, of course. But at least the rumor <laughs> mill was that one. This is random, but was that Yaz is please career will come up again in the next season. Okay, good. It'll be more of a thing. Well, we're, of course, hoping it's just a Yaz season the whole time. Uh, yeah. I no, mean, absolutely. could we learn a lot more about Yaz, please? Yes. yes. She was horribly neglected. I mean, we learned more about her ancestors than we learned about her. Yes. In the first yes. season. And that's particularly frustrating because it appears that Jodie Whittaker and the young lady who plays Yaz, whose name completely Mandy, are great friends. Mm. And so we're like, yes, more yet. No, no, no. no. More yes. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Because I think a lot of people like, like the chemistry. Like. You know, of course, people take it to the shipping extreme, which is fine, whatever. We can all do our thing in fandom. That's why we have fan <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, but obviously, but people see that there is certainly a chemistry there. I've always thought okay. that, yeah. she, that Yaz is sort of playing assistant doctor or assistant to the doctor, depending on your point of view. Um, <laughs> you know, whereas. You know, Graham and uh, his uh, grandson have their own sort of storyline going as well. Ryan, yeah, yeah Ryan. Graham and Ryan are doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and poor well, Yaz. But, but anyway, yeah. the, se- the second thing that I saw on this Instagram post um, was that Chris will start bringing back classic Doctor Who. And by classic, I don't mean classic. Classic. When I say classic, that's, I, I, all of Doctor Who. I don't just mean the classic era, which just refers to the you know pre. Uh, 90, or, but you know, enemies 2000s. that enemies that people who watch Doctor Who will be Cybermen, with. Daleks, yeah, sure, Ice Warriors, yeah. and there are. I mean, that's the lovely, it, and it's one of the things that I really love is when the people, when the bad guys sometimes reappear, uh-huh. or or even when the good guys reappear. I mean, when you get to the Paternoster gang. That's so exciting. And mm-hmm. they will sort of occasionally reappear. 
and they're good guys, and they're you know. Because because um, I, I think the thing with the Thirteenth Doctor, in many ways, um, the aberrations that are there, for instance, uh, what we call the crowded TARDIS, uh-huh. that does not happen for in New, in New Who. So with the night, you're not going to see a crowded TARDIS for a while. It is just one or two, up to three with nine, because you'll get Jack and you'll get Mickey. But anyway, um, yeah. But even then, it's not. They're know, not all together, right? It's not going to be the solid. 13 were the three companions. It's just going to be... Whoa. I'm also so excited for you to meet Jack. <laughs> <laughs> right? I have no idea who that is right I now. I know. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a lot to look forward to. Yes, I do. Yeah. And one thing, again, this is not a spoiler, but I think it was a, the thing I like most about the Ninth Doctor is that he can be very dark, actually. He can be a pretty, pretty um, not dystopian, but he can be a pretty dark character. But he also has this humor, too. Uh-huh. Um, he is a, and, and he may have mentioned this in the second episode, but he's a war survivor. I mean, that's his, his, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, time yeah. War. Um, and you know, the last of the time Lords and all that. Yes, but, he did. But he still has this humor and everything and all this. Yeah. That is one thing I like about just the doctor in general is that the doctor has this kind of wicked sense of humor, but you are right. He did tune into a little bit of that dark side, revealing a little bit about who he was because Rose was really pushing to know who are you? Where are you from? What's your past? Why are you here? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What is all this about? And so he gives her some answers, mm-hmm. uh, maybe just enough to appease her for the time being. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but I mean, it's kind to of interesting. Keep the interest of the audience. Sure, sure. I mean, we obviously have a lot more to learn, but it's just enough to kind of give her an idea that. Okay, yeah, this guy's been around for a little while. He's been through some things. And it'll be interesting as you continue the rewatch because, of course, it's not until you get partway through at least the 11th Doctor that the Time War history is really explored in the 50th anniversary. Oh, okay. Special. Special. And that takes you... It just and that's the one that Philip introduced me to first. So that's the first thing oh. I saw. Okay. Uh, now, what did you think about going into it with that? It was intriguing enough that then I needed to know. I needed. <laughs> I needed to. Once I saw that, I needed to start at nine. Okay. And okay. work my way through it, and it's okay. absolutely. I, I think it's absolutely stunning. And we're already at the 11th Doctor, but Rose makes a reappearance. Mm. And again, we're starting to get these characters who have gone, who have moved on with their character life in whatever way, Uh but keep making reappearances. Oh, that's kind of cool. That is one thing about the franchise. You're always part of the franchise. And they they will not hesitate to bring you back. We watch, there are several, we won't go into all of it now. There's a a few spinoffs of Doctor Who. One is the Sarah Jane Adventures. And she's a classic companion from the um, 70s and 80s. But anyway. And you'll see her in the 10th Doctor. Right. Okay. Because she'll rock up with the 10th Doctor and be like, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Even though you were, uh, she was with third doctor yeah third and fourth doctor and now the tenth doctor's here and she's like what you just left me yeah Ah. and then and then when she has her spinoff there's an episode where uh a companion another companion of the third doctor comes back for an appearance and she hasn't been on doctor who in like 
40 years or something, you know? And here she is. You know, so that's they, cool. They will bring characters delightful. back. And they have yeah, no... Yeah. yeah. Mickey's going to show up, and I'm not giving you any more than that, but Mickey's going to show up at the end of the 11th Doctor. 10th, 10th Doctor. Yeah. Sorry, the 10th Doctor. And Mickey's going to show up all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing. The Paternoster gang and... Oh, River Song. You've got River Song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Spoilers. That. I'm just giving her names. <laughs> right. I have no idea what that means no, right now. But all of the, and, and that's one of the delightful things is that you do have, even though the doctors change and the companions change, people keep popping up. That's kind of fun, though. Yeah. That you know. And again, Sarah Jane showing up in a 10th Doctor episode. And she hasn't been with the doctors as she leaves. Is it the fourth doctor that she finishes with? So she does the fourth doctor. And then shows up with the tenth doctor all of a sudden. And it's just (laughs) absolutely just such a joy. Well, that's awesome. I mean, for the fans who've been through the franchise from start to finish, that's a nice revisitation. And then for those of us who maybe don't know who that is just yet, it's a great reason to go back and see what this is all about. Yeah. And I think that's been interesting for a part of this podcast that we do, especially when we did our first season in our library TARDIS segments, you know, I would say, oh, here's the first episode of Sarah Jane, who you've seen here, and this is when she was, you know, 20-something, meeting the third Doctor for the first time, and we'd watch that, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, here's the first time the Silurians show yeah, or up. Or the Master. Or, or the, or the Master. Oh, yeah. the Master. One episode at a time here. I know, I understand, but now I want to go back and watch all again. We still haven't watched all the classic yet. No, no, I Uh, want to start back with Eccleston. I love him. No, but because Chris uh, is is quite an actor, but he's in temperament, you know, pejoratively, but he's actually a great actor also, and so I think you will enjoy his run. I think. Is uh, he you? In my opinion, you want to. I would need another season with him. Totally, not even right? just like being. So, I'm like he. He has so much more to do. Yes, but he's a uh, he's a very interesting character. Personally, I mean, he doesn't do cons very often. I imagine he's busy doing other acting projects. Well, he's, he's, he's an busy actor. being an actor. <laughs> um, right, these, right. These things are a little bit sort of beneath him. I think is the. The general. Mm. He's there for okay. the craft. He's there for the craft. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, okay, and, and, yeah. and so be it. I mean, yeah, and whatever. I can, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really interesting because you know you've got following him David Tennant, who is Scottish, doing an English accent. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, sort of accepts that. But he was a fan too. Well, I think that makes a big difference, too. Once you're the doctor, you're always the doctor. And I think Christopher Eccleston didn't want that mantle. Did he think that maybe he would end up typecast? Is that kind of an old trope that... Possibly. And I just, I think that he saw it just as a job. Mm. And now I'm the next job. And so I can't look back at this one. Um, But yeah, as you say, David Tennant is very much A a fan. He he married the daughter of a doctor. Oh no, kidding! Yes. Yeah, wow. there, there is and a. So, yeah, there's the wonderful um, episode of the fourth, fifth doctor, fourth doctor, 
fifth doctor. I don't know what you're saying, darling. You have to spit, spit out the sentence. David Tennant's father-in-law. Yes, fifth who, doctor. Fifth doctor. Mm-hmm. Who's who's at a uh, convention panel. <laughs> and somebody was like, what's the weirdest thing a fan has ever given you? And the fifth doctor's like, grandchildren. <laughs> because well, his, because his daughter and David Tennant married. Oh my god, oh, that's freaking great! I mean, these are the things about the fandom I don't know. Yeah, and David Tennant and his not then wife are in an episode of Doctor Who. Oh wow! Calls the Doctor's daughter. daughter. Yeah. So that's yeah. Well so done, and that's where they met. Yes, the oh. Doctor's daughter is wow. the Doctor's daughter, and then they had a daughter. Yeah. yeah, oh my god, yeah, the paradox. And then there's a special yeah. where the tenth doctor meets the fifth doctor. Uh-huh. So it's a father-in-law and son-in-law yeah. acting oh together god. as the doctor. Watch my head spin. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because it's, that's another thing that is a tradition of Doctor Who, multi-doctor stories. Okay. Where you have... Which you'll get that at the 50th. Uh-huh. It's where you bring in doctors together. Ooh. All right. In one story. So very classic, like in the classic era. Um, I think it started with the three doctors. And oh, then next one I think was the five doctors. And then uh, the sixth doctor had the six and two had an episode together. That mm-hmm. one we saw. But yeah, there's a tradition there of every anniversary or something. Bring them if together for a, a story. For a big reunion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's cool. And the 50th anniversary will bring. Yeah. Lots of people together. Lots of people. In Lots fact, of all of people. them. But anyway. Not all of well, them. Well, they were all Chris, there. Christopher Appleston will never return again. Or hasn't yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe give it time. When yeah. his career has went, wound down just a little <laughs> bit, he has maybe a little more free time. Maybe yeah. he will go back and kind of embrace the franchise a little more for what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Cause, yeah, because yeah, I like him. Yeah. And the 50th is sort of, you know, the 10th and 11th Doctor and the War Doctor and all of that. And that's what gets and, confusing, but we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who, who doesn't fall under the numbers. And, and yeah, but we'll get yeah, to it. Yeah. There's, so, a, anyway. there's a lot. So. The, it, it, one of the things about the Doctor Who franchise is that people can be very forgiving because of timey-wimey. Sure. And so discrepancies in the canon you know, slide right Do through. they not matter as much no, as, say, not. like in so Star you, Trek? Yeah. Except <laughs> so, so so think have... of that. Instead of TOS going for three seasons, mm-hmm. it went from 1963 to 1989. <laughs> uh-huh. And then TOS <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ten years later. Wow. You know, and so, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, there's certainly intern- there's internal... Canonity, that's not a word. But anyway, in the classic era, which is from one to seven. Um, but, you know. And then eight's its own creature. And then nine to current 13. Right. Which tends to be a little bit, but yeah. But yeah. then you also, again, with the 50th anniversary, you get the War Doctor, who doesn't count as a number. Uh-huh. But is definitely a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. But is not one of the one through thirteen. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. Worry. But anyway, what, what are you what, what are you looking forward to in Doctor Who? What, what what are you looking forward to in this franchise? New Who for now. We know. But yeah. Well. Yeah. For the moment, we I have just... to. We have to. We really have to convince you to do classic. Not that it's bad at it by any means. It's just different. I mean, do, uh-huh. do you know anything about classic Who? Not really. Okay. So we'll just introduce you briefly. I mean, obviously, people listening know. But so classic Who is built differently. 
in that um, they did serials back then. Okay. So it would be a, a episode or a story, if that's a better language, but it would be four parts or okay. five parts or six parts. Or seven parts, or, or nine parts. parts. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. pick a number, huh? And yeah. so every oh, yeah. episode would be about thirty minutes ish, and it would end on a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. And then part two next week. Okay. Part okay. Part three, and then cliffhanger, and then part four. And so the pacing's a little off if you're not used to it. Okay. It's a little bit slower. Okay. Um, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll let Jessica talk about it because she's been, you know, whether you, yeah, I mean, I think w- it. It's would you turn someone into classic who? Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth seeing certainly, and there are some brilliant, there are some brilliant companions. I mean, I love Ace very much. Nineteen um, eighties, which is yeah, the Seventh Doctor's prime companion and yeah once you get used to it and the guy that we were talking to today who we randomly met at the comic-con was talking about you know the six serials the ones that are six episodes tend to be padded a little bit Uh and i've said that for a long time that every time we watch a six six serial there's at least one where I'm like, oh my god, is this finished yet? What is it? There is nothing <laughs> Four here, is standard. And I'm so, so bored. Yeah. But he was saying that the six were padded, but then once you got to seven or nine or whatever, it tended to flow better uh-huh. for some reason, for whatever reason. So, yeah, you get that. And to be fair, you get with New Who these overarching themes that don't feel quite as serial as they did in the old Who, but sort of are. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, kind of, so, I think I get what you're saying. You know, you've got these overarching ideas, you know, the silence, yeah. for instance. And yeah, so it'll be interesting, of course, I know it's not going to come quickly, but whenever you finish catching up on New Who, it'll be interesting to bring you back and see what you're interested in seeing from the classic era. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like you need to see? Because, of course, there's the black and white like era, which is one and two. And then color is three and seven. So, I mean, I, at this point, I'm game for really any of it. But I'm going to continue with the 2005 mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Go through that. Mm-hmm. Probably experience the 10th Doctor and the 11th. And kind of go through and then catch me up to where I started. Mm-hmm. And kind of see where things lie there at that point. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What, what else do you want to explore? Although yeah. I would definitely recommend, and Philip, you'll have to let her know when that comes in, in terms of the 11th Doctor, going back and seeing the 50th anniversary special. That's true. Would it help me to know who those people are before I go into that? Should I, I go back so. and watch, no. or does it matter? No. Not necessarily. Because, think... again, that's where I started. Right. And it was the War Doctor, the 10th Doctor, and the 11th Doctor. And then I was like, right, I need to start. At, at some doctor. point, no time soon. It'd be good to Google what they look like. Okay, this is what the first doctor looks like. This is what the second doctor. You know, just to see them, or just ask us, and we'll send you pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. That's right. We can just point around the room at this point. Um, Just put up portraits all over the hotel room. Yeah, Yeah, because I think when you're watching New Who, there'll be snippets. I think there's a lot really in in the nine and ten era per se. Um, I can think of a one of a ten special that there's one. But like I, I can think of like the eleventh Doctor when he and you'll forget that. But when he's introduced, not like like this first second he's introduced, but in his first episode, there's sort of this I'm the Doctor moment uh-huh. where the pictures go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then he walks in. Oh, I'm the Doctor. 
They do some, so, they, yeah, yeah, that's they cool. start to do some really interesting things. And also, yeah. I think before you start the classic, before you consider where you want to start with classic or before you start classic, I think it might be worth watching Adventures in Time and Space. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, which is the sort of docudrama about the origin. It's a dramatization of how it, Doctor Who started. Oh, okay, okay. Huh. And it's really interesting and looking at, I mean, because Doctor Who uh, had the first woman showrunner. Oh, producer. nice. Um, I mean, and, and this is in the 60s. Right, that's awesome. The, the, yeah. uh, I'll give you a little bit of trivia. So Doctor Who premiered on November 23rd, 1963. Okay. Which Not getting a lot of ratings because... That was the day Kennedy was shot. Oh, well, yeah, I imagine not. So the producer yeah. made BBC run it again. Not a bad move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I'm sure they didn't predict that being a bad day for ratings, <laughs> but, yeah, they needed yeah. to give it another chance. Yeah. You can't exactly beat the assassination of an American president. Right, right. right. And one of their first directors was... Was, uh, um, yeah, Wars Hussein. Who was not that commonly known, of course, was was gay, um, oh. but also British Indian. British Indian, uh-huh, and, so, uh-huh. and so you know, even from so progressive, incredibly progressive from the very beginning. Cool, which is yeah, absolutely amazing. But Adventures in Time and Space sort of looks at that in a way that mm-hmm. okay, that's great. It that's basically focuses on Bill Hartnell, William Hartnell, Bill Hartnell as the first Doctor and his journey. Mm. So, but anyway. And the guy who plays Bill Hartnell in that. <laughs> the irony. Will go on to play. You, you his... seen, have you seen the Harry Potter movies? Oh, sure. Filch. Oh, that's him? That's character. Oh, wow. I'm blanking on his name right now. But he plays the first William Hartnell. He plays the William Hartnell. And so after this docudrama, there is a time in the future in New Who when they decide that the one of the doctors should meet the first doctor, and so they cast <laughs> this guy again as oh, not so playing nice. Bill Hartnell as playing the first doctor. Yeah, wow. So, so, so you have the first doctor twice. There, there is a first doctor mm-hmm. who has passed away now, mm-hmm. and then there's a first doctor who's still living. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah. that's great. And yeah. is in Broadchurch, which you have to watch. <laughs> so you've told me. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, which has the eleventh Doctor and the thirteenth Doctor and the first Doctor and one of the companions to the twelfth Doctor. I mean, okay, you just okay, have settle to down. See all this. <laughs> but there's only ten doctors or ten uh, actors in Britain, so that's why. Yeah, <laughs> that is a true story. So, any other thoughts or questions about Doctor Who before oh we let you go? Oh my gosh! You know, as I go, I'm sure I'm going to have a million of them. But right now, I'm I'm actually in a very comfortable place because two kind of smoothed out some of the. Th- the questions and the issues that I had with the Ninth Doctor, thinking maybe he wasn't quite as empathetic toward his companions. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the quirkiness of it, but at the same time, it was just, it was a very different incarnation of the Doctor. He kind of smoothed out in that second episode, so now where do we go from here? I'm just going to have to watch and find out. Fair enough, right. fair enough. And we'll have you on again. Maybe after you finish, yeah, the nine. Ninth I, would, doctor, I, I would like to hear your ninth doctor. You come reactions. back and yeah, okay. We'll Every season we want you back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> You're our first time doctor. Hashtag I, yes. I really have, first time doctor. Why have I not picked up that Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not live tweeting it. I'm Hoobian. just. I mean, I'm yeah. just watching it and I'm just enjoying it. I mean, I'm not no. going into any gra- like massive yeah, detail yeah. on it. I'm just. 
letting it take me wherever it wants me to go, and that's enough. To be fair, that's how I started. So uh-huh. just and be you know aware what? It's fun to be <laughs> yeah, that way. But yeah, and absolutely. Next, you know, you'll be going on who conventions. Well, if folks... <laughs> you never know. <laughs> next year, Gallery One. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it. If you well, come back, maybe I'll come back with you. <laughs> well, if folks want to talk to you, without spoiling, of course, about Please. your thoughts about the Ninth Doctor or your Thirteenth Doctor, where can they reach you um, about all those thoughts? Well, the best place is on Twitter, and my handle is oh, the profanity. Well, with that, we're going to go into our TARDIS library. Whoosh. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. For this TARDIS library, we're going to continue the Gallifrey One theme by talking about two Gallifrey One exclusive comic books, or at least comic book covers, that we picked up at the Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which, you know, we actually got comics at a Comic-Con, or at least I did. Yes, that's the way it's supposed to be done, rumor has it. Sure. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, issue number one, um, with the Gallifrey One, 30 Years in the TARDIS variant cover. Featuring Jodie Whittaker with some background, Peter Capaldi, Regeneration Energy, Field of Wheat. I don't know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so presumably in Oklahoma. Exactly. So this is a, you know, a first comic book story uh, issue, 13th Doctor, all proper, all that. So darling, I know you're not necessarily big into comic books, but you are big into the 13th Doctor. So what would you think of this first edition? Yeah, it was interesting. I sort of got confused at the very beginning because I thought it was the Doctor in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't. Um, they sort of set us up a little bit. You know, there are these two mysterious people stealing a painting from an art museum. And do you have any theories about these people? I thought something slipped that I have a theory, but I don't know if you have oh, any thoughts. Oh, no, I don't. What you got? Well, later on in the story, um, I mean, I don't know if it's... If, I don't think this is a spoiler per se. Um, but anyway, so there's this mysterious... As the story goes to the 13th Doctor and the TARDIS team, there's this sort of time anomaly or whatever you want to call it. And at the end, um, of course, just issue number one, so the story's just beginning, they pull through one of these folks we met earlier... And she says your time, your vortex, vortex man- manipulator was messed up. And oh, are you thinking it's like a time agent? Well, yeah, no, I, I sort of figured that. But are you thinking it's no, our- no, 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 no? I oh, just thought okay. it was a time agent because we don't get much time agents. Yes, yeah, I did sort of assume that mm. in some way, and then it left us on this big cliffhanger. So, but they seem to be which I'm mad about serving some uh, glam monster. Yes. Who's not happy about the frame of the painting being scratched. Yes, it reminded me a little bit, I mean, not at all, by the way, the demon looks, but it reminded me of, if you remember, Moana, um, uh-huh. the one Jermaine Clement um, voice, the big clam or whatever it was, crab or whatever, that had all the jewels or whatever. Oh, yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, it did not do that for me. Or but... even a bit like the, um, I'm not an expert, but the dragon in The Hobbit. Ah, small. I think his name is. Yeah, something, something where the S. Smog. Yeah, something more uh, like that. Yeah, S M A U G. I think. Played by Benedict Cumberbatch, of course. Oh, was it? Oh, and now, now that you yeah. say that, that does sound familiar. But see, there's your Benedict Cumberbatch trivia that you knew. And of course, and I didn't playing remember. Playing opposite is Watson. Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And all comes together. It does eventually. And I thought it was good, uh, you know, with comic books, it's always the illustrations, obviously, um, and the writing as well. But I thought it was good, you know, 13th, uh, 13, Team TARDIS 
introduction, I thought everyone, you know, looked like what they were supposed to look like and sounded like they were supposed to sound like. Yes. that. Although I did have this moment where I was like, gosh, that's got to be so weird, seeing your face in a comic book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of facial expressions with the 13th Doctor, which is what she's known for, that I thought they captured very well. It's the nose wrinkles that you love so much. <laughs> so, but I thought it was an interesting introduction um, for the 13th Doctor into comic books. I don't know. I, I may or may not follow it. I, I don't tend to go into that com- many comic book stores these days that often, maybe once every two months or once every three months. But but yeah. now I want to know what happened. Yeah, so. that's how they get you. That's uh, how they get you. Bastards. Exactly. So, you know, that we do, there's a toy store we go to in uh, uh, where we go to church that they might have that. Cause yeah. They, do, they do actual comics. Yeah. So, Just yeah. to be clear, the toy store is not in the church. No. And that's their loss. Yeah. <laughs> We're always thinking of new ideas. <laughs> now, the sort of bigger issue uh, also. Oh, we have one. so many issues, y'all. <laughs> Was this is this uh, more of a I don't know almost graphic novel size or maybe a little slightly smaller? But this is called Doctor Who: The Many Lives of the Doctor with its Gallifrey One, Thirty Years in the TARDIS cover, and sort of the way this narrative structure, such as it is structured, is it starts with the Twelfth Doctor beginning to regenerate, and it's sort of a slow motion regeneration where we sort of get seconds of you know it's the first page is basically Capaldi regenerating and blowing up the TARDIS. And then we basically go through these sort of different uh, references of the different doctors, but then we sort of get these very small stories of like two to three pages of each doctor. And I mean, each doctor. Every doctor. Um, all the way up until the ending, of course, into the final regeneration with 13, you know, looking at herself through the console. So, um, you know, we don't have to go in detail, but I guess we can kind of just do some highlights here. So. What do you sort of think of... And, and then each doctor has its own writer and illustrator, so it's kind of interesting to see, you know, someone's handling... You know, each doctor has his, his or her own illustration, because 13th Doctor, I think, is Rachel. Um, Stott's usually her illustrator. But anyway, each doctor has their own illustrator and writer, so it's always interesting that every doctor, you know, glimpse we get looks different, literally, because someone else is doing it differently. So I guess we have the Path of the Skulls for the first doctor, and he thoughts about him and Ian and Susan and Barbara, the classic? No, things throughout the whole thing, things felt slightly familiar. Mm -hmm. So at the start of it in the forest, I was like, oh, they're in the Dalek home planet. Right. And then they see the skulls and I'm like, oh, maybe they're in the Aztec. And that may be sort of the intention was to just sort of give a, a few little bits of callback. That's where I'll start. I know you're going to go on to the second no, one. No, in no, no. I, I and I had a bit of confusion about the cards in the second one. And... <laughs> well, well, the first doctor I thought was interesting because, I, I mean, it's only three pages of, mm. of panels, of course, but it, it's so, you know, it, it's exactly how the first doctor stories sound. Those classic, I mean, every characterization is great. I think my only, if I had to do a critique, is the first Doctor does not quite look like Bill Hartnell. Kind of looks like the guy that played him in the in the Five Doctors. I forget the actor's name. Uh, <laughs> um, I did love the bit where, because the Twelfth Doctor sort of narrates through all of these, and I loved this idea. Uh, the Twelfth Doctor sort of pipes up and says, "Wow, trying to be old and grumpy and important like you do when you're young," which I thought was really funny, and that made me giggle. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was really on point. And then we go into Card Conundrum featuring 
the second Doctor and Jamie, and Ben and Polly, which that's early days. I don't think I've ever seen that combination on screen personally, um, because the Highlander, I believe that's what it's called, and we meet Jamie is one of the lost episodes. So, mm. and I, you know, I'm trying to remember when uh, Ben and Polly left. But anyway, but then you sort of get that crowded TARDIS in a way. But yeah, they're sort of having this random adventure featuring alien playing cards on an. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. So what you Well, and this was sort of, I, I didn't understand it. Like, he's like, oh, I've got a plan. And then they're like, hey, you did it. And I don't know what. It took me a while, but I think what it was, and again, this isn't, you know, for suppose. So he was saying that, so he, you, like, you catch these big card aliens, they transform into actual playing cards, and then they have these choices of different cards. And it's hard to tell, but they're actually letters. And so then they take him to the throne room, and he says, oh, uh, insect, they're an insectoid species. And this is the throne, I wonder. And he put Q for queen. Oh, okay. It took me a while, because I didn't get it either. But yeah. the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay. It maybe took me like three minutes to think about yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a Q. That's a throne. It's a queen. Oh, queen V or queen, you know. Yeah, so okay. That's, that's I did I mean. not think that far into it, I'm afraid. Yeah. The third doctor. We <laughs> Are you going to go through all the doctors? Yeah, we'll get quickly. Um, <laughs> well, we can go really fast. Invasion of the Scorpion Men, featuring the third doctor and Sarah Jane. I thought the John Pertwee artwork is spot on. Yes, Sarah Jane, less so. Yeah, so, and there, it's very uh, fantastic, fantastical as the third Be- doctor. Bessie makes an appearance. Yes, right. So, um, the Sonic and all that stuff. So I thought it was very good, and I like the the whole narrative structure of this comic. Like, the references or the narrative structure of, of the doctor presumably talking sort of in a, I don't know what this, as an English teacher, what would this, like, reflective third person? Because yeah. it's almost like another person saying it, but it's to themselves. Yes, but yeah. From a, like a, I don't know what you would call yeah, that. I don't know, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but anyway, but they sprinkled with all these famous, you know, lines from Doctor Who, but paraphrased and applied to different doctors sometimes. And so, you know, it's... I. I Throughout of it, it, it's very cool, I think. Yeah. Um, well, the fourth Doctor is the most jarring uh, style, because it's very cartoony, uh, with the s- second Romana. Quite Archie comics, isn't it? Yeah. And I almost didn't... It threw me off. The appearance threw me off. And then the fourth Doctor looks so cartoony, he's a little younger than I usually would think of him as. Um, so I think like the Romana characterization is pretty on point, but the fourth Doctor it did throw me off a little bit. So, I mean, the story was interesting. And as much as it was, but it was a little off with the fourth Doctor, in my opinion. And then with the fifth Doctor, I thought it was very on point, and it was sort of uh, a callback to the twelfth Doctor and Clara. Yes, yes, I did pick that up, that they were in that same place. The cloisters yes. in Gallifrey. I thought, you know, it even has uh, Turlo, who I hate. Um, so there's a complete fifth Doctor experience there. So we even get a, uh, uh, a regeneration of a... Time Lord into a woman, and and uh, I think Tegan is like, oh, they can, or Nissa is like, oh, yeah, I know you could change gender, and the Doctor's like, of course we can. And then we go into the Sixth Doctor um, <laughs> and Perry. Now I have to say, very good with the characterization. I mean, I could hear the Sixth Doctor's voice, unfortunately. Well, um, and you can see Perry's bosom, so there's that <laughs> as well. So, but I thought that one was was very on point. So even which, of course, means I don't like it. Um, but no, but, <laughs> but, but, but I thought it was very on point. And then we get the seventh Doctor and Ace. Yep. And then, uh, which I, this one surprised me a little bit because we sort of were having sort of small situations, but then we actually do get a master. Absolutely. Yes. And Caesar, which I'm always a friend of, and a little time travel 
And then the twelfth doctor does the voiceover of, oh, you get along much better when she's a woman. <laughs> um, the eighth doctor one was a little hard. A um, little cartoony. I mean, I thought it was good. I was trying to hear Paul McGann's voice, and it wasn't coming as easily. And this companion... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is, is my answer? I, I wasn't sure if it was one that had appeared in the uh, Big Finish or something. What is she called? Like I was trying to remember. They give her name yeah. somewhere. Uh, I can't remember. Josie. Josie and the Pussy Hats. Yeah. So I was not familiar with Josie. Yeah, I got nothing. So yeah. So that one's a little more random. We're speaking of random. We go in order here. We're doing all of them, folks. We're doing all of them except for Peter Cushing. That's right. But well, we do have a war doctor one. We do have a war doctor, and he smiles at some point, and that's creepy. Yeah, we even have a, a Dorium uh-huh. um, cameo, if you will. I, I mean, I that was cool. They're, like I said, they're, they went through all the doctors. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he he definitely, I, I can see if they're, they're almost trying to make his story kind of bend towards the ninth doctor a little bit, like to see the characterization. Mm. But since we know so little about the war doctor, you know, he sort of does have this sort of weird fruit bomb that he does. Um, fighting the Daleks, which is sort of, you know, the whole banana reference to the Ninth Doctor, but I thought it was an interesting War Doctor episode story. Mm-hmm. And, of course, speaking of which, we get the Ninth Doctor with Rose and Jack. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. It was obviously nice to have Jack along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the Ninth Doctor pleading with someone is usually very Ninth doctor <laughs> Pleading then, with someone not to cause their own destruction because of terrible things they've done. Right. And I, th- I was like, this sort of features the Mongols, though, I mean, it really features more of an alien in the Mong... Who's but the Mongols, there's always been a line about the Mongols sort of trying to invade the TARDIS or something. I don't know if this was the oh, okay. reference they were making. And then that takes us to the Tenth Doctor, a little bit of British history lesson. And I didn't know who he was with. Oh, I don't either. Yeah, and this may be a comic thing, you know, but yeah, this is a, a non-TV uh, companion. But, yeah, but this will introducing the first woman to be a doctor in British history. So yeah, was that was interesting. I, and I can't remember if they gave the girl's name, not the first doctor they give hers, but if they gave the companion's name. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do without going through everything. And then, of course, you go to the 11th doctor and with uh, who else? River Song. Oh, yes, of course. Um, we also had a, 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 a strange companion with him, too, as well. Yeah. It almost looks like Bill. Bill. Yeah. So I guess there's so much we don't know in the comic verse, darling. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that got a little strange. It did, and I also thought it wasn't a great um, illustration of, of River Song. Um, I mean, literally. I mean, I think the characterization, the writing's good, but the, the art's a little off. Yeah. Um, and then with the 12th Doctor, of course. Uh, then we properly get Bill. Yes, proper Bill and proper 12th Doctor. So I thought that was that was uh, interesting, too. So, yeah. So what did you sort of think of this in this sort of course? Yeah, I really liked the sort of review mm-hmm. of everybody. And I liked the voiceover bits. It's, it's just kind of a nice, here's your history moment that I quite enjoyed. Yeah, these are all... These Even are, if I didn't understand all the stories. Yeah. And so uh, this is Titan Comics for those who want to look this up. Um, but yeah, I thought that was definitely... Uh, I forget how much I paid for it at the convention. Not much is my yeah, recollection. Yeah, you paid in advance, didn't you? Um, no, I did not. Oh, okay. No, I paid cash for the... You had to, like, reserve um, or else, you know, risk playing the odds when you got there. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's a little bit of comics, which we don't often do. Um, so... 
anyway. But I guess that's it. Until next week, uh, we hope... When we talk about something other than Galley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your patience and indulgence as we work through this. <laughs> but yes, until next week, we hope you enjoy reading, listening, and watching The Doctor's Adventures throughout time, time and, and space. This is BBC Television.